Hey, I'm Pastor Dave Ferguson. Welcome to Crosswalk Chattanooga's Weekend Teaching Podcast. We're glad you're with us. Well, good morning, Crosswalk. How are you doing? Doing well. A couple of quick things I'd like to just share with you. First of all, of course, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day weekend to all of our fathers among us. I hope uh, you wish your father a happy Father's Day if you get a chance. Uh, A couple of things. First of all, we've just finished our elemental series, but that's season one. So if you felt a little bit like, okay, this was going somewhere and now I've deconstructed a lot, but I could really use a little bit more time on some reconstruction. We're going to get back to that on August 5, elemental season two, all about reconstructing and what are the elemental things that God would have us place in our spiritual life. Another thing, it's been asked, well, hey, can we listen to the teachings from Crosswalk Chattanooga somehow? In July, we're about to launch a podcast. So keep paying attention, whether it's online or on the app or something here, we'll, we'll make sure that you know all about it as we make those available to you. And we'll kind of backdate those, go back a little ways for you for that. You know, I would like to, if you don't mind, as we wish our fathers, happy Father's Day. I am a father as well, and so I, I feel it. I got a couple of good early uh, happy Father's Day wishes as well. I would, however, if you don't mind, like to address the elephant in the room. So <clears throat> it is a dicey thing whenever you celebrate any group of people because that almost always leaves somebody out. It occurs to me that there are individuals in this room that want to be fathers and can't, maybe never will. Others who really, I mean, take a step back from that, they've wanted to be in a marriage relationship and they're not finding the right one or maybe their marriage has fallen apart. Somebody here may have lost a child and this is an extra painful time, it could be. I think about it sometimes when we have Mother's Day celebrations and there are those who who can't be moms in the same way, or those who have uh, gone without a relationship, others who maybe um, their family is gone all but them. Um, And so we acknowledge as we celebrate that this this is a challenging thing to consider. And I hope saying Happy Father's Day means something super positive to you. But it's also possible that the very worst kind of descriptor of God you could even come up with would be father because of what your father was or is. Some of us don't have fathers who showed up or worse when they did. It was everything we would want to hide from. Somebody here, doubtless, suffered abuse at the hands of their father. And so to say happy Father's Day to you, it stings and it's challenging. We just want to acknowledge There's every sort of circumstance that you come from, that I come from, and and especially as I'm about to share about my own family, because I recognize, I realize that I come from a family deeply privileged by who my father is. So I hope not to bring pain, but rather to point you to something that is meant for you and is intended for your life too. Little family photo, if you don't mind. <clears throat> yep, uh, you just have to you just have to dive in and say, ah, yeah, there 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 I am. I'm at the far left. I'm the one, kind of a semi grimace, trying to distract you from the wingspan of my ears. That's me. 
Yeah, and the impish look on my sister, that always gets my attention too, as if to look at the photographer and go, yeah, you done yet? What, what, what's happening here? All of these clothes were made by my mother. We grew up in a pastor's family. Yeah, even the tie on my dad. Yeah, she did it all. We never knew that we didn't have everything everybody else did because we had so much. My father, a pastor, uh, it's, it's clear to me that there are some people associated with church who believe the pastor is just fair game all times of day. It's, you, you are not your own, you are theirs. And so people would call at crazy times, they'd want to visit my dad or have him come and visit or there'd be things going on and so off he would necessarily have to go. But I will tell you this, my dad did this incredible job of making sure that there were times that were just they could not be invaded. They were just for us. I remember someone coming to our door on a Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve's when we unwrapped packages, coming to our door on a Christmas Eve and listening to my dad share with that person that he's just going to have to wait. Because right now is time that I've got set aside for my children. We would go on vacation, usually two weeks, and we would travel all over the place and he'd We'd be learning about nature and camping in the woods, all sorts, and he was just completely unreachable. Regularly, he would kind of draw a line in a box that would say, look, this is a space I'm in now, and no one else can come in here with us. I always felt so special. In fact, here in a picture on our birthday, yeah, my dad and myself, we shared a birthday sitting in front of this lemon meringue pie, four candles. I hate lemon meringue pie. My dad loves it. And they didn't really realize I would have eaten anything that my dad liked, whether I liked it or not. To sit with his arm around. I I knew I was his favorite. (laughs) I didn't realize until a lot later that my older brother and my younger sister were also all convinced that we were his favorites. My dad had that way of being with me in a way that just told me the best thing that I am gets to be spent on you. Yeah. So when my dad started calling me Dave, that was my name. David Ferguson, I always sign or I will write. But if you ask me who I am, I would say, well, I'm Dave or I'm Pastor Dave. It's because my dad called me Dave and so I must be Dave who I am. My dad was uh, always this person I looked up to, continues to be. I've gotten larger. Doesn't mean he's gotten smaller, but you understand. Always had these large bear paw hands. I remember watching my mom, who was very petite, struggle with opening a jar and turn to Dwayne, and he would take the jar and (laughs) there you go. Yeah, or to be carried by him. Or after he would get done with a sermon, I would get out there as fast as I could to be the one who stood holding his hand as he greeted everybody. Awesome to be in my dad's hand. So when one day, having left being employed at Blue Mountain Academy, I get a magazine from Blue Mountain Academy, and I notice the cover picture. I know exactly whose hands these are. I'd recognize these hands anywhere. That's my dad. They got him to pose with a plant in his hands, and I know these hands. 
Some of you have come here and you, you don't have what I have. A father that you look up to. Some of you come here and you, you've gone through incredible pain at the absence of or the presence of a father who is anything but spending the best part of themselves on you. And amidst this, how could you not wonder about a God who would call himself your father? And I just want to suggest to you, whether you come here celebrating your father because of how much you look up to them, or frankly, having to recover from who they are or were. I just want to challenge you. I believe you will be met here by a God who in fact would like to be judged by whether our description of him would be. I just know this. He always saved his best for me. like to share a couple of stories from the life of Jesus. Um, you might be wondering, well, wait, I thought we were talking about the Father. How can we be talking about Jesus? Talk about, wait, give us, give us something about the Father. I am giving you something about the Father. Jesus would say, look, you want to know about the Father? Check out my life. Check out who I am. The very best picture of who the Father is is seen through the life of Jesus. So as we walk with him along the stories of his life, we get a window into who our Father is. I love that in John chapter 4, the fourth verse, Jesus, if you understand the map, is down south. He's got to get up to the north, and so he has to go through Samaria, is what it says. He has to go through Samaria. But the thing is, he has to not go through Samaria. Because if you go through Samaria as a Jew, you are now unclean. You can't even step foot on that soil, let alone meet with a woman at a well and talk with her and drink from her cup. See, this God of ours, Jesus, showing us who the Father is, would say this to you. Look, I know you. I know your name. I call out your name. I am the one who saves his very best for you. And God can be doing anything he wants to today. I often think about that when we're bored at church. He could be doing anything. And he comes here to be with you. And that verse of John 4, verse 4, he had to go to crosswalk today. He couldn't live his life any other way than to come through crosswalk. Why? Because you're here. It's another moment when he calls somebody by name. Of course, what is Jesus on this planet to do? He has come to enact, to, to set off a series of events to live a life, to die on a cross, to be risen again, and to save all of humanity. And he's in the midst of this plan. In fact, it's almost over. Saving all of humankind. And he stops. He'll say in a minute, you know what, I, next thing I'm going to do, next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check in and find out for sure that this plan works, that all of humanity can be saved, that creation can be saved, that the universe won't implode. But before I do that, I've got something I've got to do. 
Because there's a woman who is wandering through a garden, tears flooding her face. She can barely even tell who she's talking to. In fact, Jesus will show up beside her and she doesn't know. At this time, she turns around and she sees Jesus standing there. She sees Jesus standing there, but she doesn't know he's there. How many of you have had that moment where because of what's going on in your life, you, God could be standing right beside you, but you cannot see through the tears, through the challenge, through the confusion, through the frustration? I just want to say, Whatever you walked in here with, whatever you sat down here with, Jesus says, I've got to go through today. Everything else that's going on, I've got to walk through crosswalk. Because you're here. She doesn't realize that it's him and there's a little conversation that's going to go on back and forth and she still won't know who she's talking to until the God of the universe calls her by name. And it's this unbelievable moment where this huge plan that's been enacted is being evaluated. And that's about what he's, he's going to go do in a second. But he's going to stop everything to stop and talk with Mary and call out her name and help her know, I would always give my best for you. I'm not going to see about some plan somewhere without seeing you first. Whatever you think God is up to today, Understand this, he is here to see you. It's so incredible, so incredible because at times we kind of feel like, you know what, I think the the game plan here is we gotta get somehow onto God's level, we've gotta figure out how we overcome our past, we've gotta gotta get a little bit of forgiveness and just uh, some motivating, kind of propelling fuel of grace so that we can then somehow enter into who God is, and it's always the other way around. That God comes to us, that God comes to me, to you, and enters into your story, no matter what it is, whether you're celebrating your father this weekend or not. A particular day, and Luke tells about it like two other gospels do, Jesus has done so much healing and his name has been spoken by so many people. He now can't even move, can't go anywhere without crowds kind of flocking around him. And on this particular day, that's what's happening. He can't even move through the streets very quickly. One of the leaders in the community has come to him and said, look, look, on this Father's Day weekend, look, my daughter is dying. Can you please come? And Jesus says, yes, I'll come. I love that Jesus' answer is yes. Oh, so often throughout scripture, his answer is yes. I will show up in your story. And so they are trying to make their way, but it's not going quickly because of the crowd that is there with them. In fact, as you know this story, eventually someone's gonna come from the house who's been monitoring the girl's progress and it's just gonna say, you know what, you might as well not worry about it. It's too late, nothing can be done. And Jesus speaks into your life, into these rows and said, it's never too late. It's never too late for Jesus. It's never too late to receive the love of the Father. Never too late. Stuff that looks like it's too late, perfect. But as he is attempting to make his way, there's another entry into the story. 
It's a woman. We don't read that she was brought here by a bunch of friends, like the paralytic man lowered down through the roof. What we do know is her condition. She has been suffering for at least 12 years, the kind of suffering that is hard to really even understand. She's been bleeding for 12 years, little by little by little, and what that would feel like, what that would be like, how lightheaded she would spend the majority of her life, who knows? But what we do know is she is, because of this condition, she is not someone you could be normal and interact with. She is outcast, she is unclean. You cannot have her in your home. You can't let her eat from your dishes. You cannot touch this woman. Because you are outcast if that is, so she now, having spent her very last dime to try to fix her situation through probably some good, some bad physicians or holy men or any number of things, she has heard the name of Jesus somewhere along the way. And, I, and, and so she's been formulating some kind of plan. She's been wondering, could I show up? Would he do this for me? Have you ever had that internal conversation where you see something good happen in somebody's life and you wonder if that could happen for you, but then you start hearing the things about yourself that nobody else knows that tell you, no, no, this cannot happen for me. This can't. Maybe it is even just a protection to try not to have hope that will be dashed. But along the way, she decides she's going to go. She's got nothing else to lose. And I don't know because her health is probably not such that she's a, a real strong runner right about now. But she positions herself along the way. She finds somehow a way to kind of slither through the crowd, get close enough to Jesus. And now she's there. He's here. I'm here right there. He's headed somewhere else. It's, it's not about me in this moment. And have you ever had a plan that you only thought about step one? Because it's so outlandish. I mean, step one's never going to happen. So you didn't even think of step two, let alone three or four. And so step one, and it's happened, but now what? And she thinks, if even half of these stories are true, maybe, maybe if I can even just brush up against him, Somebody here, you've thought to yourself, you know what, I don't, I'm probably not going to go deep in this whole thing, but I'll just show up. I know I'm missing something in my life, I'll just show up. Maybe I'll brush up against something that God is up to and that will be a difference maker in my life. I can tell you that the Jesus who shows up here today has power dripping off of him. He's leaking healing. So that she touches his robe and everything changes. She can feel it. I wonder if she just freezes in a massive amoeba of human movement. She just stops. Two steps later and so does Jesus. And he says... Who touched me? Now, parents who have at least two children, you've heard this before. He touched me. He touched, she's on my side. She's on my side. 
who touched me? And the disciples are going, oh boy, is this going to be another one of these parable things? Because uh, everybody, it's just a mass of humanity. Everybody, this is a, this is a full bore, straight long laying on of hands that's happening right now, Jesus. Who touched me? If you think about it, this is, this is the worst. This is the worst for this woman. It's now this thing that she wanted to have happen in secret, in private, even in broad daylight under the sunshine. Maybe I could just touch his robe, be healed, and go home. And no, no, that's not what happens. Jesus stops everything. And in fact, as he barges into the heart of her story, this woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she wanted to go unnoticed. You may be here hoping to get in and get out, to brush up against Jesus, somehow get a little bit of spiritual dust on you and get out. But Jesus stops everything. And now she realizes, I cannot go unnoticed. And so she comes trembling, falling at his feet. She's not sure how to even deal with this moment because she knows she is healed, but she's also outed. You might race through this passage and miss something here. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been healed instantly. And you and I go quickly to the healing, but she has to now describe to the crowd that she is cursed and unworthy. And in essence, she stole something from Jesus. She explains it all. But I, I had no hope. And so I reached out. And there's somebody here You're here because you're reaching out. But the worst thing that could happen is that anybody else would know what's actually gone on in your life and in your heart. The shame, the embarrassment, the failure. There's a dad here who every time we say Happy Father's Day hangs their figurative head in shame. But you're here to reach out. You may have hoped that Jesus would just let you touch his robe and move on. No, no, he stops. But does he stop to scold? Here's the amazing truth. However you got in here today, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. What he is saying is, I stopped this whole caravan, this whole procession, this particular father, his daughter is now dead. I'm gonna have to raise her to life because I don't wanna miss this moment and it's not nearly so much so that you can have this issue taken care of in your healing of this blood problem that you have have, it is so that you can hear me call you daughter. That's the miracle. Oh, don't go home just healed. Don't go home just to a better job. Don't go home simply to forgiveness. 
you get to be a son or a daughter of the king of the universe. And he wants to call time out. Look, listen to my voice. Jesus would say, hear the father call you son. My daughter, go in the kind of peace that happens when you know you didn't just somehow come to get something for yourself. There was some form of healing. You came to become my child. That changes everything. Paul would write it this way. God's spirit doesn't make us slaves who are afraid of him. Instead, we become his children and call him our daddy, father. We're not meant to just be even somehow spiritual slaves. Somehow, you know, we we get locked in and now we get an eternity of living longer. It's not great, but it's longer. You know, that's what the, the world thinks we're doing here is we're trying to make some kind of trade that allows us to live a dull, kind of hapless life forever. Hope you like harps and fluffy clouds. I like fluffy, not sure about the cloud thing, nor harps. Apologies to those of you that are harp players. Never aspired to that. Jesus is saying, no, 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 you've missed it. You've missed it. The miracle is that the one who owns it all, knows it all, is it all, calls you child. I love that expression, daddy. Remember it well. It's not not used all that much for me recently because now we're all just getting older. But oh, when your little one calls you daddy, you ever had one of your children, for those of you that are parents, running towards you, crying, calling out daddy, and you could tell they needed something? I've had that with my 30-year-old children call me up, and I can tell, though they aren't using this word, that they mean daddy. Something's going wrong, and I need to talk to my daddy. Oh, that feels good. Ah, oh, feels good. My dad gives a certain kind of hug. I don't know how else to describe it. And I need a certain kind of hug. And this is not what you're here for. This is not about getting to live longer days. It's about getting to live better ones. Because you are known and you are loved and he is your father and he claims you even when you don't claim him. So happy Father's Day. If you're a dad, if you're a dad who has not really modeled the love of the Father, there's some great news. It's never too late. You're never too far. Even dead things can be raised up by Jesus. And you can, starting today, give your very best to those 
you're called to most. There's somebody here, a father, a mother, a child, who didn't receive a model that helped them. And you might be thinking to yourself, how am I supposed to love like you're describing when I've not received that kind of love from a father? And here's the great and amazing and wonderful news, the miraculous love of Jesus, the love of our father, God has a power not only to fill our lives with love, but to patch the bullet holes shot there by somebody we should have been able to trust. For the Bible will say, we can love because he first loved you. So, happy Father's Day. It's good to have a dad. I, uh, when I was younger, I grew pretty fast during a, a series of a few years, and my legs uh, stretched. <laughs> I was a little guy, but I was starting to grow, and I felt, had anybody here experienced growing pains? For me, it was especially in my legs, and they would ache, especially at night after a long day that had been particularly active. Maybe it was a Sabbath. My father had three churches in his church district. And we'd go to the first church and then on to the second church. And then we'd have a fellowship meal at that second church. And then we'd go about 50 miles to another church. And there would be a late afternoon worship service and then a supper and a whole social event. And I'd be running all over the place and we'd get home and I'd be tired. And then I'd be lying in bed in the bedroom of our second story house I'd be lying in bed and my legs would begin to ache and they would ache and they would ache and I would roll and I would toss and I would turn and I would hope I could fall asleep and I couldn't fall asleep. Some of you have experienced this. I remember lying in bed with tears streaming down my little boy face because I couldn't get to sleep and my legs were aching so bad. But I had an ace in the hole. (laughs) I was just trying to see if I could make it this particular knot night and not do it, but I knew if I had to, I'd go down to my dad in my mom's bedroom. At, I remember crawling down the hardwood floor steps, trying not to slide, and into my parents' bedroom. I remember lying on the floor next to my parents' bed, listening to my father breathe, knowing he's sound asleep. Tears quietly pouring down my face, trying not. And then finally, I would just touch his arm, wake him up. I remember him opening his eyes and seeing me there. And he would know. And he'd swing his legs out of bed. And he'd pick me up in those big, strong arms and carry me upstairs, lay me down on the bed, and then he had an ointment, and he would, he would rub my legs. Now, if I'm honest, it was soothing, but the pain didn't go away. But he would stay. However long it took, stay until I fell asleep.
don't know when he went back down, but he would stay. I don't know what pain you come in here with. But I know there is a father who will carry you. And I think it's bad theology to tell you that the pain will just go away. But he will stay. However long it takes to be at peace, to get good sleep. Thank you for joining us for this teaching. Consider hitting the subscribe button to stay tuned for next week. If you'd like to support Crosswalk Chattanooga, go to crosswalkvillage.com slash Chattanooga and click the Give button at the far right of the ribbon at the top. Notice the campus drop-down menu and select Chattanooga. And if you'd like to come and worship with us on a Saturday morning, we would love that. When you do, please say hi to me. I'd love to learn your name. <laughs>